Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Well, folks, it is episode 100. I can't hardly believe it. I've got a lot of interviews on here as well, so I think actually we're at probably 150, 170, something like that, actual shows. But as far as just monologue episodes, this is episode 100, and it's been a lot of fun. I hope that these have been encouraging and challenging to you, and I'm going to continue on with this. I'm hoping that it will go from 100 to 200 to 300, 400, all the way up into the thousands. The plan is just to keep this thing rolling and helping you. Uh, to remember Jesus Christ and to remember the chief shepherd and to shepherd your people well, the people God has entrusted to you. And as the content develops, we're getting more and more uh, episodes on manhood, as we're talking about right now uh, in this particular series. And we'll continue to have broader content as well. But for now, uh, we're going to continue on just pressing into pastoral work, the work of the pastor. And specifically, we're talking about manhood in this series. But before we get to that, I do want to remind you of a couple other things that we're doing. But let's pray first, and then I'll do that. And then we'll get into the man as protector, the man as protector. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we need wisdom and direction. I thank you for your grace that's upon me right now and your grace that's upon these listeners right now. For all who are in Christ Jesus, we are assured of your your favor and your blessing, and we're so thankful for your grace that is upon us, that is ours, actually right now. We don't have to wait for it. We can know it's ours right now because of the blood of Christ. And I, I just ask that you give us ears to hear, and you just help us as we think through this biblical manhood, and as we specifically look at the man as protector. Thank you for building us strong to protect and not to harm. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. With the Shepherd's Crook, we have included the Shepherd's Crook for Wives. We have articles that are going up, and we have a podcast that my wife, uh, Jordan Sparks, and Lexi Sauve, our friend, do together, and it's called the Fruitful and Fearless Podcast, and it is primarily for women and even more specifically for pastors' wives. And I want to encourage you to listen to that podcast. It's way better than this one. They do a fantastic job. Jordan and Lexi are brilliant. And they bring such good content and in such a fun way. And I just want to encourage your wives, if you're you know, looking for something for them to listen to, if they're, you know, if they're podcasters, encourage them to listen to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. Ladies, if you haven't yet subscribed to that, go to iTunes, search it. Subscribe, leave a, rating and a, leave a rating and review. I think there's 30-something episodes at this point. But let me just encourage you. It's a great podcast. you got to check that out. And then there's a couple articles up right now for the wives at theshepherdscrook.co. And you can just search for that and look for the article section and then click on the articles for wives and you'll see those. And more and more of those are going to be rolling out. Mason Scroggins is our new editor who's going to be making sure those come out regularly. And please check those out. And then, as I stated a couple weeks ago, maybe even last week, if you need anything from me at all, I would love to come and help you as a church. If you are doing an elder retreat or a pastors and wives retreat, my wife and I would love to come together and, and do something for your husbands and wives. If you just have a men's retreat that you want me to come and preach at, uh, I would love to come and do that, or just the, the pastor retreat or whatever it is that I can do to help your staff. If you're going through a difficult transition time as a church, need somebody to come out and just kind of and put some external eyes into the internal dealings that are going on within your congregation, I would love to be able to do that as well, to be able to assess the situation, bring some biblical principles to that, and just help you pray through what's the next step for you as a church, whatever that may be. And so if you need anything, please reach out. I would love to help. Now, we're working through 
these six words for biblical manhood. Worship, work, protect, provide, lead, and love. We've gone through worship, we've gone through work, and now we're at protect. We're at protect. And so men are built as protectors. Now, where do we get that from biblically? That's always the number one question. Where do we get that from biblically? So let's look at two passages in particular and see how this word unfolds, this word protect, unfolds from this word keep. The Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to work and to keep it. Keep it. Now, if you do some basic work on the word keep and you get into the Hebrew, you can see that there's multifaceted meaning to that, just like there is so many other words in the Bible. And a part of what it means to be a keeper is to be a guarder or protector of the garden. And so when the enemy slithered his way in and began to tempt Eve, Adam had responsibility as the keeper of the garden to stomp the head of the serpent. But as we know, as you know, he didn't. And instead of protecting his wife, he let his wife be in a vulnerable situation with him right there with her. And he did nothing. He did not protect her. And so we see later on, Jesus, the true protector, Jesus, the better Adam, the second Adam, came in and instead of blaming his wife, he took responsibility for his wife. Instead of letting his wife be stomped on by the enemy, he stomped on the head of the serpent and crushed that serpent's head. Jesus, the true and better Adam. Thank you, Jesus. Now, as Jesus is this true head of the church, true protector of the church, we are called to do something as men, and specifically as husbands in Ephesians chapter 5, but as men in general as well, because we find out that Jesus is the head of the church, and we are to love our wives the way he loves his wife. And we see this in verse 25 of Ephesians 5. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify having sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word. Now, what did Jesus do with that love? Well, Jesus' love protected his bride. That's what he did. He saved her. He protected her. And so this pattern we, we see from the garden forward that men are to be keepers and men are to be lovers of their bride and therefore protectors of their bride. And there are also things that 1 Corinthians chapter 11 gives us insight to about natural law, the way God created things, and what we can learn by way of observing how God created things. That there is a natural way that men go and a natural way that women go. There are things that are woven into this universe that we can just look at and extrapolate from and say, this is how things were intended to work by common sense and by the, the common grace that God has given everybody to observe with. Now, men are stronger than women. That's by design. They are given a bigger body with bigger muscles for very specific reasons. To be protectors of households, to be protectors of a country, to be protectors of God's people, to physically be able to take up the sword or take up the gun or take up their fists and do what they need to do to protect those who are vulnerable. Now, I posed this question on Facebook to my egalitarian friends a couple weeks ago. You may have seen this. And what I asked was very specific. Is the husband responsible to be the protector of his wife when they are in harm's way? Can the husband shield himself with his wife? And you know what? It's funny. I did not get an answer. I did get an answer from a person that I'd known from years ago, who's a friend of mine, who said, well, let's just say that the wife went out from skeet shooting and the husband is in the sick bed. And I went ahead and responded, let's go ahead and add a layer to this. And let's just say that the husband is comatose as well, so we can avoid the question. And he didn't give me a response to that. You see, we know that men are built to be protectors. And we know this by common sense. Even Grey's Anatomy knows this. (laughs) 
Okay, you said, what do you mean, Grey's Anatomy? I watched a couple seasons in my younger years of Grey's Anatomy, I will confess. And one of the things that was so crazy about that show, I mean, is that there was a scene in which a young man came in with a young woman, and the young woman was shot in the belly. And come to find out as the story unfolds, it was because the man shielded himself with the woman. And this wildly radical liberal doctor on the show, I forget her name, it was the, the dark-haired lady from uh, Asia, some, somewhere in Asia, she said, what kind of man are you? And if she was consistent with her worldview, with, with egalitarianism, she should have absolutely celebrated the fact that finally, we are finally seeing men shield themselves with women. Women are finally stepping up into that role as protector. But even on this wildly liberal, terrible show, from the worst woman on this show, she said, what kind of man are you? Because this is woven into how things work in the universe. We know that men are built to be protectors. That's how it is in the scripture. The man is the head of the household. The man went to war. Christ is the head of the church. And what did Jesus do with his headship? He fought the enemy, defeated Satan, protected, and saved his wife. Now, with this role of protection, I'm telling my, teaching my son how to be a protector. Okay, there's two primary headings about protection that we need to consider, okay? Physical protection and spiritual protection. Let's start with physical protection. Men, as stated, are built bigger and stronger than women. And God has given every man a kingdom to protect. It may be small, it may be big, but this kingdom is given to the man and the man is is strategically placed in that kingdom, whatever that kingdom is, if it's friends, if it's a peer group, if it's your family, if it's your children, if it's a church, wherever you're at, men, you have people that are under your care. You may be working side by side with them, but you are made strong for a reason, and it is not to bring harm to the people around you, but it is specifically to protect those around you from harm. God made you this way. And men need to be physically fit, to be able to protect those under his care. Now, now the Bible is not against weapons. In fact, I just took a concealed carry class. I'm going to be packing heat wherever I go. And I would encourage you to do that as well. The Bible is not against weapons at all. But here's the truth about me carrying a gun. The stronger I am with my arms and my fists and my stamina and my ability to protect those around me, the fewer times I'm going to have to reach for that gun. And I hope I never have to reach for that gun. But when we are able to protect people physically with our bodies, it minimizes the times that we're going to have to use physical force with a weapon. And so this requires us, biblically, we are required, based on the gifts that God has given us, the human body he has given us, we are to steward that well and not waste that body. We need to be physically fit. This is a matter of how God designed us, men. Protect those under your care, and to do that requires you to be physically fit. It doesn't mean we all have to be bodybuilders. It doesn't mean we all have to be UFC fighters. But we do have to steward the body God has given us to be able to protect those in our care the best we possibly can. So our default isn't just grabbing a weapon. If we're in a hostile situation, and let's just say, for instance, we're out with our family, and there is, because of everything going on right now, there's a Black Lives Matter rally going on, and the Black Lives Matter people do not like the nuclear family, and they see this nuclear family walking down the street, me and my children walking down the street to get some ice cream, and somebody comes up to me and begins to be physically violent. Well, if I can protect my family without reaching for that gun, then I am obligated to do so. And any man who will not protect his family physically 
and will walk in the way of the pacifist is violating how God has created him to work and to function. And if you have bought into the pacifist bandwagon, do some better exegesis, reject that, and start working out. Protect those under your care. If you don't, you're a disgrace for a man. Just period. It's disgraceful to not protect those in your care. It's the same principle for you when you're in your home and somebody begins to break in your home. And if somebody does that and you say, baby, go take care of it. Children, go take care of it. You are a worthless man. You're like Eli's sons. Worthless. Okay. So be physically fit. fit. And then as stated, the Bible is not against weapons. Buy you some guns. Get some training. Do what you need to do to get, get familiar with that. And then protect your family, for goodness sake. Jesus said when he was with his disciples, take down your sword. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. When Peter went and sliced the ear off, sliced the ear off of the centurion. And then after his resurrection, he tells them to take up the sword. Take up the sword. Now is the time. There's nothing wrong with going and taking up the sword or getting a modern weapon. That's what we're called to do. And the Second Amendment, by the way, the United States, isn't just there because it was a nice idea. It's there because men are built to be protectors and given that responsibility by God. That's why the Second Amendment exists. We can protect ourselves. We're not to go on the offense, but we are to be on the defense. Now, this is a big difference, by the way, what I'm talking about here. The Bible is against vengeance, but not against defense. And that's an important point. We are not vigilantes running around being the law, but we are protectors. And if somebody brings harm to your doorstep, you do something about it, man. That's what God has called us to do. And that's what I'm training my son with. So if you stand by and you watch somebody be harmed when you have the ability to do something, you're in violation of God's law. What God has called you to do, keep, man. Be a keeper, for goodness sake. Step up. Now, spiritual protection. This is not simply about physical protection. It's also about spiritual protection. Now, let's do this in layers for not just all men, like I was just talking about. Now, for pastors and laymen. Pastors, protect your family from bad theology. Spiritually, we are to protect them from the arrows of the enemy. We see that there are arrows that the enemy shoots in Ephesians chapter 6. And we are, for the sake of our family, to take up and fight and engage in spiritual warfare and not let our families, our wives and our children being taken captive by every wind of doctrine. We are to protect them. And through the preaching of the word on Sunday morning, shepherd your family well through preaching and then through family worship and through what you listen to in your home and what in the books that are read in your home, protect your family spiritually from harm. If you're not a pastor, protect your family from bad churches. If you're in a church that is not preaching the word faithfully and that is feminine in all that it does and the songs that they sing and the way that leadership is presented and if it's just a feminine feel to the church, you need to get out of there and and get in a healthy church that knows what it means to be men and knows what it means to be women and knows what it means to serve their king and to take orders from him that isn't just feely all the time. Protect your family from bad churches. And from bad theology. In the same way the pastor needs to protect his home from bad theology, you are to protect your home from bad theology. From the sermons that are listened to, the podcasts that are listened to, to the book that your wife reads, to the books that your children read. Make sure they are theologically sound and not crazy nonsense. There's a lot of crazy nonsense out there, but you are built with a mind and a head and a heart to protect your wives and your children spiritually. So let's do that. Men are built to be protectors. Let's train our children in this. Let's trade our sons in this. Worship, work, protect, provide, lead, and love. This is what God has called us to as men.
Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit theshepherdscrook.co. For care and counsel, please call, text, or email to set up a session. You can follow The Shepherd's Crook on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And please consider sharing this episode and leaving a review on iTunes or whatever other podcast platform you use. And let me encourage you to remember Jesus Christ.